0: If you have a Bible tonight turn with me to 2 Samuel uh, chapter 5. We want to just do one chapter tonight. There was just too much here for me uh, to go on to the next chapter and uh, I I really wanted to emphasize uh, David's reign in Israel and his faith. And I think that's why I'm going to take the study just to the one chapter because we spoke about faith on Sunday and I'm still overwhelmed that uh, Paul is looking at this man and he sees his faith and again we ask the question how do you see faith and and it's obvious to me that this man had faith and, and he's not a believer and God went before him And so, preaching and teaching is part of the ministry. Preaching is for non-believers, and the teaching is for a believer. But when you come to healing, it's for the believer and the non-believer. And some of you maybe even experienced that, where God touched your life, and He healed your body, or He healed that circumstance, and it was through that trial that brought you to Christ. And so many times God would heal uh, the non-believer, and in turn they would come to saving grace. I I believe that that man did exactly that. And so David's reign in Israel, remember he's been in Hebron, and so let me give you a little bit of background. David had been king over Judah in Hebron for seven and a half years. Uh, The war between Ishboeth, which is Saul's son, is over because Ishboeth is dead. Abner, his captain, is dead. This is uh, King Saul's captain. Now David is made king over all of Israel. David battles against the Philistines, and we're going to see that here tonight. And we will see prayer and faith. And I hope and pray, before we even get into the study, and as we looked at uh, faith on Sunday, uh, that you have that time of prayer Uh, In yourself, in your family, for your uh, children, your husband, the wife, I mean, uh, family members. Prayer is so important. And I think sometimes we only pray when I need. We only pray because I have to. We only pray and, you know, fill in the blank, the blank that is. So we need to have a, a time of prayer. Uh, the Jews would pray in the morning, the Jews would pray in the evening. I'm not telling you to go pray in the morning, pray in the evening, but it, it would be a good philosophy, a good, a good line to take. But there needs to be prayer. I, I like what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. He says, pray without ceasing. And that's that consciousness of prayer. That's the awareness of prayer. And, and it's tough, you know, when you're driving around town and you see situation, you see circumstances, you see people in restaurants and you know they're hurting. And, and then uh, sometimes you want to close your eyes, you want to pray. And if you're driving, obviously you can't. And then if you're at the restaurant, you know, uh, you can close your eyes, definitely. But uh, maybe you don't want them to see you. Maybe they've caught you kind of looking their way. And so we can pray inside. And it's important to me uh, that we would pray. And so David took time to pray. David took time to pray not once but twice. The Bible says he inquired of the Lord. And you're going to see this tonight. The Lord spoke to David directly. Now how did he do it an audible voice? Most likely it was spoken within his heart. Most likely it was a sense. I think some of you have experienced that. I have experienced that. God has never audibly spoken to me or put it on the wall. But he will speak through his word. He will speak to you through his word. So many times we're asking and then as you're reading your devotional or as you're reading, uh, you know, the scripture or, uh, here at the chapel or whatever it might be, God will use that and it says, hey, that's for me. And so let's get into this portion here. And so uh, David's reign in Israel and f- prayer, his faith, his faith. And so Second Samuel uh, chapter 5, David's reign over Israel for now, uh, because when the kings come into the, uh, the, the position, you're going to see something. Uh, again, they go back to this civil war. They go back to a separation. But it's going to be a time away. And verse 1, uh, then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron. And they spoke and they said, indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. We came from the same loins. We came from Jacob. They're making peace now after seven and a half years of division. Enough is enough. We need a king. And they know that Saul uh, is dead. They know that Ishboeth is dead. They know that Abner is dead. And they recognize David. Remember the anointing was on David uh, when he was a boy. And we're going to give you that scripture tonight. Notice that we get to the king now. But there's men of evil. No matter what, Old Testament, New Testament, you're always going to see evil. And here's a nation that was divided. They're coming back together now. Look at verse 2. Also, in time past when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, you shall shepherd my people, Israel, and to be rule over them. And to rule over Israel. How did they know this? They knew the scriptures. And they recognized David's call. And we know that the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. But David was not a man without sin. And I love the ministry and I love the life of David. Because it leaves an open door for all of us. We are all sinners saved by grace through faith. Not of works lest a man should boast. And we're going to fail. But if God forgave David, you don't think he can forgive you? And then he says of David, a man after my own heart. And again, uh, we went through this with a recovery class last night. Psalm 51. David's psalm of repentance. He knows he did wrong. And he cries out uh, to the Lord. The leaders in the northern kingdom now here in verse 2. Saul's people, they recognized David as the king, their new leader. I want you to write this down. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, uh, the law gave requirements for a king. I like that. And David fit those requirements. It's interesting that David loved the Lord and that David served the Lord. But it wasn't without error. Now, the qualifications in Old Testament, Deuteronomy 17, uh, in the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 3. The qualifications for a bishop, the qualifications for uh, a pastor, an elder, and then the qualifications for a deacon. And so we go to the scriptures for these things. Now, uh, they recognize David. Now, it's interesting that we just read a small passage here in, in verse 2. But I want you to write this down. In 1 Chronicles chapter 2, we get a whole different perspective. Uh, Second Con- Chronicles chapter 12, there was 340,000 army from Israel that came uh, to support their allegiance to David. I-, I mean, it's incredible. Here we just see, uh, you know, uh, you shall shepherd my people Israel and, and be ruler over Israel we don't get a deep picture here and so if if you're the king if you're david and and you've been in hebron now for seven and a half years and now you're going to take the reign over the uh, all of israel notice the support that you have three hundred and forty thousand army the strong army It's going to support David we're behind you David in verse 3 therefore all the elders of Israel they came to uh, the king at Hebron and King David made a covenant I like that because we see that in the Old Testament a covenant a promise uh, with them at Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel on your own, if you're taking notes, he was anointed king uh, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 4. They anointed him king over Judah. And they told David, saying, uh, the men of Je- Jabesh Gilead uh, were the ones who buried Saul. And they anointed him. But in 1 Samuel chapter 16, remember David was a little boy. He was a shepherd boy. And, and, and Samuel went to Jesse's house and they paraded all of Jesse's sons. And Samuel just kept shaking his head. It's not the one. It's not the one. The Lord did not acknowledge any one of them. And they started with the oldest first. And that's just standard procedure. He says, you have anybody else? Yeah, we got a little run. He's out there. He's tending the sheep. And they bring David in. as soon as he saw David, he recognized the anointing. God said, he's the one. But it wasn't until later. Because we know that Saul hated him. Saul knew that there was an anointing on on David. And that's what we follow already. And and we know that uh, the position of being the king was taken away from Saul. Because he did not destroy the Amalekites, as God said. Look at verse 4. David was 30 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned for 40 years. It's interesting that David was 30 years old. Jesus uh, was 30 years old when he came into his ministry of three and a half years. The Jews will not recognize uh, one in authority until they have come to the age of 30. David is king now over the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. 30 years old for the priesthood. 30 years old for a king. 30 years old for a teacher. Basically, you would not be considered worthy or capable unless you reach 30. And here in our Western mind, remember this, guys? I'm 18. I've arrived. And you realize you're still pretty dumb, right? And so then you take it a little further. Ah, I'm 21 now. I can go to Las Vegas. I can drink. You can vote. You can. You can go to the army now and get killed. Uh Uh-huh. And we found out at 21, now I can tell you, because at 21, I thought I was the king of the world. But you were nothing. And in all reality, it's not until you're married, you're 30, and you got a couple of kids, and you go, "Uh uh-oh. It's time to grow up. And so the Jews had it together when it came time to, uh, you know, choose a king. When it came time to uh, choose a teacher. 30 years old. It's good. Uh, Notice verse 5. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah for seven and a half years. And in Jerusalem, he reigned for 33 years over all Israel and Judah. When we get to the kings, we're going to see division again. And the sad part is, uh, in, in the northern kingdom, there's no good kings at all. In the southern kingdom, there's a few good kings. But it goes back to when Samuel argued the point, God is your king. And they wanted a king like all the other heathen nations. And he warned them, remember, he's gonna tax you. He's gonna take your, your, your daughters, he's gonna take your sons, and, and he's gonna tax you. They said, we don't care. We want a king like the heathen nations. And isn't it interesting we get what we ask for? Little did they know God was their king. Uh, Now we come to the conquest in Jerusalem. Jerusalem doesn't belong to uh, Israel at this time. And so I want you to see uh, the Jebusite kings and and hear uh, the audacity that he would have to come against David. But he doesn't know who he's dealing with. It's not about David. It's about the Lord. And verse 6, and the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites and the inhabitants of the land, who spoke to David, saying, you shall not come in here, uh, but the blind and the lame will repel you. Uh, that was a dig. We're not even going to fight you. We're going to send uh, the least uh, in our kingdom against you, thinking David would cannot come in here. David could not come in here, but he does. Jerusalem belonged to the Jebusites, and they chided David. We will defeat you, even with our lame and even with the blind. Now, Jerusalem at this time, this is why the Jebusites were there, it was called Jebus, J-E-B-U-S, and that was the ancient name for Jerusalem. And so we get the name Jebusites, Uh, Since the time of Joshua, but the land belonged to the Canaanites for over 400 years. Now, Abraham was told, go in, they're going to take the land. And Moses was told, they're going to take the land. Joshua was told, they're going to take the land. But they didn't take everything. And we've shared this before. That's like us. God gives us everything. And yet, maybe there's more that God wanted to give us. And sometimes we're content with what we have. I know that I have, and I've been there. And so listen to the Lord. And so in verse 7, Nevertheless, and I like this about David. In other words, no big deal. David took the stronghold of Zion. That is the city of David. Why? Why? Why why didn't he care what the Jebusites said? Because David knew his God. David had prayed. David had sought the Lord. David had fought his call as the king of Israel. David spent seven and a half years in, in Hebron. David had many chances to kill Saul, but he would not touch, remember, God's anointed. And so I love that about David. And I want you to write this down for ourselves. Uh, In the New Testament, in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, Paul said, if God before us, who can be against us? If I'm doing God's will, and David at this point was, if I'm doing God's will, who can be against me? If you're doing God's will, who can be against you? It's when I'm not doing God's will, when I'm doing what Bob wants to do, when you do what you want to do, that's when we get into trouble. I've seen it, you've seen it, and some of you have probably experienced it. And David, at this time, he's seeking the will of the Lord. David did not always seek the will of the Lord. And I say this because we're going to study it. He disobeys God. He commits adultery with Bathsheba. And then to cover his sin, he kills off Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. And it took Nathan the prophet to come and expose his sin. It's interesting. If we don't take care of sin, God has a way of exposing that sin. Remember, your sins will find you out. And so I think it's much easier to go before the Lord and say, Lord, cleanse me, wash me, empty me. Forgive me, Lord. I've sinned against you. And so notice that the battle that's going to take place now Uh, In verse 8, now David said on on that day, whosoever climbs up by the way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, uh, the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul. That's a dig. David said, I I hate your lame and blind. I'm going to wipe them out. But David's giving an offer to his men. He shall be chief and captain. Therefore, uh, they say, uh, the blind and the lame shall not come into this house. The Jebusites were convinced that they were, were not going to uh, de- lose to the Israelites. They were convinced that they would defeat David. Either way, David is taunting them. Again, uh, did David know this uh, Old Testament passage? Uh, in his heart, it wasn't prob- probably wasn't written yet. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17, no weapon uh, formed against me uh, or against you shall ever prosper. And so David's confidence, listen, David's faith, David's trust was in the Lord. That's why the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Uh, Mark the verse down, you know it. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. And he's going to direct your path. And so David knew this. In verse 9, then David dwelt in the strongholds, and, and he, called, uh, in, in the city of, he called it the city of David. And David built all around him, listen, from the Milo and inward. Uh, now the word Milo is, is a good translation here. It's the Mount of Jerusalem. And if you know anything about Jerusalem, you always go up. You never come down. And so you would go up to Jerusalem and those of you that have gone to Israel, you experienced that. And so it was a perfect fortress. It was a perfect uh, way to defeat your enemies. And so David built around the mound, a uh, Jerusalem, uh, known, and so it becomes the capital of Israel. What a beautiful picture. In verse 10, and so David went on and became great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him why did david become great because the lord god of hosts was with him he became greater and greater why because the lord of hosts was with him the new living translation says he became more and more powerful because the lord god of of heaven's army was with him when you obey god he's going to be with you even if you go through the trials Even if you are defeated, if God be before you, he knows exactly why you were defeated. Uh, He knows exactly why uh, you didn't take uh, decisive battle. When they took Jericho, it was a huge city and they obeyed God. But they missed it when they went to Ai. Ai was not that big of a city. A.I. was smaller, compact, and they took it for granted. We're going to beat them. Look what happened to uh, Jericho, and they lost in A.I. Remember when Joshua came back, and he was weeping before the Lord, and the Lord said, Joshua, it's not time to pray. Interesting, not time to pray. It's time to get up and go do the battle, but he didn't inquire uh, the Lord. And, and I speak from experience because I've done that. We take it upon ourselves, and uh, I don't seek the Lord. And, and so David learns this process, and, and it's good. It's good that, that David understood these things and, and that he was uh, going before them. Verse 11 Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David, and cedar trees, and carpenters, and masons, and they built David a house. Ha <laughs> ha. I like this. Did they fear David? Did they hear of his conquest already? What about David's influence? What about David's uh, authority? Now, his importance as a king. Notice uh, the king, uh, Hiram here of Tyre, honors David. He honors him with uh, craftsmen. And they're going to build him a house. Supplies the wood and the stones and such. Great relationship with Hiram, the king of Tyre. Also that David was more than a man of war. One of my commentaries said that he also gathered political friends. God gave him favor. David's a good leader. David is a good man of God. But I want you to keep this. In your notes, David was a bad husband. David was a bad parent. His kids are going to be uh, coming up against him later. We see that. His wife, Michal, she rebukes him. And so in that, in that area, David did not do right. But what business did he have having multiple wives? In Hebron, now he's in Israel. Look at this. And David, verse 13, took more concubines and more wives from Jerusalem after he had come from Hebron. Also, more sons and daughters were were born to David. I I was kind of struggling with this, and time passed. And I said, Well, why would they acknowledge David? Uh, You have to understand the Jewish mind, the Jewish culture. More children meant more blessings. Ah, look at our king. He's got all kinds of wives he's got all kinds of concubines and and look at all his children well his children are going to turn around and bite him David again with multiple wives now the concubines, and trouble trouble sets in and you think David had problems wait till we get to Solomon he had major problems and so verses 14 15 and 16 uh should I try the names or not now these are the names of those who were born uh, to him in Jerusalem. Shammu, I don't think it says Shammu, but uh, Shabab, Nathan, Solomon, okay? Ishhar, uh, Elishu, uh, Nepheg, Jephthiah, uh, El-Sama, and another E, another E, and then it says... These are his family. These are his his new family members. Think about that. Now, when we get to verse 17, when the Philistines heard that they had appointed uh, David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it. How did David hear of it? Uh, Word got around quick. How else did David hear about it? Uh, The Lord could have spoke to him. Could have been a word of wisdom, word of knowledge in the Old Testament. And notice that, and David heard of it, and he went down to the strongholds. David's blessings, listen to this, they brought outside challenges. David's blessings, David's life brought challenges. Because no matter if you're on top, there's always going to be those that want to take you down. One commentary said this, the devil will try... And oppose God's work. He comes against David. He will come against you. He will come against me. I want you to turn to this passage. You all know it. I want you to mark it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Paul is speaking to uh, the Corinthians. And the Corinthians had a lot of problems. And he's comforting them. Uh, In their trials, their tribulations, their hardship, and their pain. But if you look at the section, and I'm just going to read verse 13. uh, Paul is dealing with uh, the examples of the Old Testament. That's what he's sharing with him. And and we know the text here. And I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation because I really loved it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And and so the comfort uh, in the midst of their trials. uh, The temptations and those are the trials. Uh, in your life are no different from what others experience. He's speaking about the Old Testament. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptations or the trials to be more than you can uh, stand or that you can handle when you are tested, when you are tempted, when you are tried. He will show you a way out so that you can endure. I know each one of us have come to that place in the midst of a trial, a hardship, a pain, and we have responded, Lord, I can't take it anymore. Lord, this really hurts. Uh, I've been over this with uh, uh, with Bill Cochan over and over and over, and he says, I know, Pastor Bob, I know, but I don't understand. But I told him, you don't see it now, but you'll see it later. Bill is going to be a great testimony. Of what God has done in and through him. Oh, right now it's painful. Right now he just sees right here. But you see, that's the problem. God sees the whole parade. I see the float that's in front of me. And if it's broken, I complain. If it goes too fast, I complain. But the parade is still going through. That's the key. And so David, again, a man after God's own heart. Notice in verse 18, the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, the land of the giants. And so giants equal fear. I mean, who wants to deal with a giant? But Joshua dealt with them back in Joshua chapter 15 and chapter 18. And here now in 1 Samuel chapter 23. But didn't David as a youngster take out a giant? We look at the size, but we don't look at the size of our God. Yes, giants can be overwhelming. And yes, the trial can be overwhelming. But have we considered our God? Uh, Quick question. Is there any trial that's too big for God? Knew this. And David is ready for the battle. But verse 19 and verse 20, so precious, so important, he inquires of the Lord. David went to prayer he knows that the giants are there so David inquired of the Lord he prays and he says shall I go up against the Philistine will you deliver them into my hand and the Lord said to David go up for I will doubtless deliver uh, the Philistines into your hand again how did he speak to David in his heart was it an audible voice? Was it uh, one of the priests that come and sh- shared with him? David knew as he prayed, just like you and I. Uh, there's times when I'm praying and I'm praying for, and I know God said what to do. And then there's other times I get nothing. Those are the frustration. And that means wait. And we don't like to wait. I don't like patience. I want it now, Lord, five o'clock. I'm out of here. Give me an answer. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. David trusted in the Lord, but he inquired of the Lord. Always remember these passages. We learn from the Old Testament because the Old Testament is pointing uh, to the cross. And so again, uh, be patient when we pray. I think the hardest part is to wait upon the Lord. The hardest part is to wait upon the Lord. And yet, sometimes God has us to wait. Sometimes He answers prayer immediately. Sometimes it's days, weeks, months. What about years? That's up to the Lord. Our place, the scripture that I gave you earlier. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Having that consciousness of prayer. And verse 20. So David went to Baal-perazim. And David defeated them there. And he said the Lord has broken through my enemies before me. And listen to the description that he gives. Like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of the place Baal Perazam. The chief of breaches. That's what he called it. The victory was like breaking through water. A decisive victory. Notice that he doesn't speak about the giants anymore. He speaks about the victory. Is anything too great for God? What about our faith? And that's where David comes in. What did we share Sunday? Paul saw that man's faith. Can we see faith? Can we acknowledge faith? Again, in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice in verse 21, and they left their images there, the enemy. They left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Now, you have to understand the culture and the customs of the, uh, of the, the heathen nations. They took their idols with them, they took their good luck charm, they, they took their rabbit's foot, they took their salt, they could throw it over their shoulder. What other things do people do? I I mean, did they take their astrological signs? I don't know. But they would take their little gods. And so after the victory, they would gather them. Now, it's interesting. If you have a King James, you can see it here. The King James says David burned them. I was thinking when I studied this years ago uh, that maybe some of them were out of gold. Some of them might have been out of silver. So he took them. And then he's going to melt them down, and it would have been uh, the spoils. But the King James says that they, uh, they burned them. And the Old Testament teaches us that we're supposed to get rid of our, our idols. And I told you, my mom, she broke them up and threw them in the trash. But you're supposed to burn them. Interesting. Interesting. Whatever is keeping us from serving the Lord, we have to get rid of it. And I can't tell you what to do. There's been times Pastor Jay and I have been asked to come to somebody's house. And they, they, they want to get, you know, everything right with God. And uh, they'll ask us, uh, we want you to come and, and clean the house for us spiritually. And I don't mind doing it. Pastor Jay don't mind doing it, but some people don't like what we say. We go in there, those pictures, they need to go. Uh, those ambulants over there, they need to go. Go through their albums and their music, that needs to go. I go, you invited me, so I'm telling you. They're going, <laughs> not my Fats Domino collection, come on. <laughs> and so I-, I love that David inquires of the Lord. That, that, that's the, I, I just can't get over that. But the Philistines went up once again and they deployed themselves in the Valley of Rephiam. They did not have enough the first time. They come back. And, and again, they probably think, well, David got, you know, he was lucky in that battle. Let's go get him again. They deployed themselves back in the Valley uh, of the Giants. In other words, they tried it again. And you have to respect again, David. Now we go back. uh, Verse 19, he inquired of the Lord. Verse 23, therefore David inquired of the Lord. And he said, this is the answer from the Lord. "You You shall not go up, but circle around behind them. Come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. There's a lot of translations here, and I wanted to give it to you. But I thought that was interesting. David attacked forward. And a lot of times we say, well, that was successful. Let's do it again. The Lord says, go the other way. Why? They're going to be ready for you. And that's good that David inquired of the Lord. Notice in verse 23, again, he inquired of the Lord. And and so what is taking place here? I love this. God says uh, to him, don't go up as they did in the water shaft before. Uh, This time, go around. One commentary said, God will not work without using human means. By this, he taught David caution and dependence on the divine uh, strength of God, not David's strength. God directed David differently in the battle, even against the same enemy. Just because it's the same enemy, you think the battle's going to be the same. And so we have to listen uh, to the Lord. And here's a note that I picked up in another commentary. Commentary. Not every battle David faced was the same. Not every battle we face is the same. Notice the guidance of God in David's life. Here is a good question to ask. How is it that such supernatural direction and assistance are not communicated today? We're talking about 21st century. First of all, because they are not asked for... They are not expected of. They are not expected because we have not faith. Listen to that. And I want you to mark this down. In James chapter 1 verse 6. When we ask, ask in faith, not doubting. And how do I know that I'm going to be using faith? This is why Paul says faith comes by hearing. The more you hear God's word. The more you hear the miracle signs and wonders that Jesus brought forth, the more you see uh, the hand uh, of the Old Testament saints, the New Testament saints. And and, and basically, you should be able to say, if God works through them, why can't God work through me? Didn't Jesus say, greater works you will do? His ministry was only three and a half years. The church has been in existence since Acts chapter 2. And so I love this. Now, on your own, please, study James chapter 1. And James speaks about trials and faith. In a sense, trials and faith go together. I have my trials, you have your trials. But where's my faith? Now, we know that works and faith go together. But I'm encouraging you now that trials and faith go together. And so it's important. Now we're going to come to the conclusion here. In verses uh, 24 and 25. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the, of the tops of the mulberry trees. And then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And, and so I want you to listen to this. When you hear the sound like marching feet on the tops of the trees. That's what some commentaries declared that they probably heard. I don't know. Listen, because that will be the sign that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistines. I I think we have all witnessed in times past the different sounds that we gather from the rustling of trees, the rustling of bushes, the wind, etc. Does God use those? He's using something here. Uh, There was uh, all kinds of different variations here. But I I want you to think of this. When you were a youngster and you were walking home late at night and you were going by a bunch of trees and a bunch of bushes, didn't you hear just about every sound imaginable? I used to get off the sidewalk and go in the street. And then you whistle. Like if it's a demon, he's going to leave, you know. But your mind plays tricks with you. And so what did they hear? Whatever God had for them uh, to hear. And I think, <laughs> I was thinking of this story, Mary will remember it years ago. We were in our living room. And you know how windy it gets and such. This is years ago. And uh, tumbleweeds were flying everywhere. And Mary goes, somebody's at the door. Well, it, the tumbleweed looked like a man to me. <laughs> man, I got me a bat. I got me this, I got me that. And I'm telling you, my heart is just jamming. And I go up to the window and, you know, you don't want to look. It's a tumbleweed. It's a stinking tumbleweed. It scared the heck out of us. You know, I was ready to beat a tumbleweed to death. The sounds, the mind, and all this. So what are they hearing? Uh, Look at verse 25. And David did so. And the Lord commanded him. And he drove back uh, the Philistines from Gibeah or from Gibeah as far as Gezer. David obeyed what the Lord commanded. David defeated the Philistines from Gibeah to Gezer. All because David inquired of the Lord. David prayed and he believed by faith. David prayed. And he believed by faith. Now, I want to leave you with this. I want you to mark it down. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 35 through 37. King Hezekiah has a tremendous battle against King uh, Sennacherib. And Sennacherib is defeated there. But Hezekiah had to have faith to believe and to trust God. And I think sometimes we lack. We all do. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit to you. Well, Lord, you did it before, but I don't think you could do it again. That's what we're thinking. And you need to trust God. So uh, in, in verses in, uh, 35 through 37, just three verses, Second uh, Kings chapter 19, we'll get to that eventually, the whole story. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and he killed in the camp of the Assyrians. Listen to this. 185,000. And when people arose early in the morning, uh, there were the corpses. They're all dead. They're all dead. So Sennacherib, king of the Assyrians, departed and he went away. And he returned home. And he remained there at Nineveh. Now it came to pass, verse 37, uh, this is what the king gets. Now it came to pass, uh, as he was worshipping in the temple of uh, Nishroch, his god, small g, and his sons... They struck him down with a sword. And they escaped into the land of Ararat. And they, uh, then Ashkadon, his son, reigned in his place. Uh, I mean, he deserted them. He goes back to his temple. He goes back to his land. And so his sons were upset and they kill him. And again, we see this in the Old Testament. And sometimes we just don't quite understand it. And so tonight... I wanted to leave you with the time of, of David and his prayer, uh, David and his faith. And, and this was my plan uh, to do two s- chapters, but because we're just doing the one chapter and we still have some time, I want to pray. And if you need prayer for any reason, please come on up. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask Pastor Jay to come on up. And, and so I want to pray for you. I know some of you are going through uh, trials Uh, tribulations, hardship, and pain, and you need to give it to the Lord. And so I want the worship team to come back up and uh, take us through some uh, worship and praise, and then we're going to pray. Father, uh, I thank you for the opportunity uh, to pray for the needs of the body of Christ here uh, at the chapel. And Lord, I know that each one of us have uh, pains Each one of us have issues. Each one of us, uh, I believe we've been inquiring of the Lord, and God wants to speak to us. God wants to minister to us. God wants to heal us. God wants to touch us. No matter how big the trial or how small the trial, come on up and ask the Lord to touch us. Come on up and ask the Lord uh, to go before us. And so as they take us through a time uh, of worship here at the conclusion. If you feel like God is speaking to you, come on up and just stand here in front of the, uh, the altar and the pulpit here, and uh, Pastor Jay and I will pray for you, and we're going to anoint you with oil, okay? All right, let's all stand.